This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In today's brief, we'll talk about Bakhmut, Russia's 500 days of not capturing Kyiv, and Erdogan's sudden left turn. I'm Yulia, and today is Monday, July 10th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief Podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine. From the front. The Institute for the Study of War, the ISW, reports that Ukraine has achieved tactical gains near Yahidne in the Bakhmut area, Donetsk Oblast. British intelligence reports that while Ukrainian forces continue to carry out successful offensives near Bakhmut, the Russian military is suffering from low morale and barely has the reserves necessary to hold the town. Russia has reportedly lost as many as 60,000 personnel killed or wounded in action in the Bakhmut offensive. Colonel General Oleksandr Sirsky, commander of the ground forces of the armed forces of Ukraine, confirmed the British report on Telegram, stating, quote, Regarding the Bakhmut direction, we are achieving success as the defense forces make continuous advancements and the enemy finds themselves trapped in certain areas, end quote. There are still roughly a thousand residents in Chasivyar, a small city just west of Bakhmut, according to the head of Chasivyar military administration, Serhii Chaus. This one trips me out every time because that is also the name of my dad's best friend. Reports on July 8th indicated that successful attacks in the Veliko-Novosilka direction, on the southern front, resulted in the collapse of the Russian defense north of the gully. A photo by acclaimed Odessa-based photographers Konstantin Liborov and Vlada Liborova is circulating on social media, featuring a Ukrainian soldier callsign Molot which means hammer. Molot was injured previously in the war and his leg was amputated. The photo by Liborov and Liborova shows Molot with a below-the-knee prosthetic leg in a trench somewhere on the front line in Zaporizhia Oblast. Next up, the home front. July 8th was the 500th day of the full-scale war waged by Russia against Ukraine. It's been 3,419 days since Russia invaded Crimea on February 27, 2014. If you want to learn more about the 2014 invasion of the Crimean Peninsula, check out the newest episode of FAQ U Ukraine Explained, linked in the description, coming out on Wednesday, featuring an interview with Crimean Tatar journalist and pan-Ukraine member Ali Maliyev. To mark the somber anniversary, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited Snake Island, Zmiyiny Island, which became internationally famous for the defender's radio response to the Russian flagship Moskva's demands to surrender. Russian warship, go f*** yourself. President Zelensky posted a video on Telegram saying, quote, We commemorated the heroes who gave their lives in this battle, 
one of the most important during the full-scale war, end quote. It's worth pointing out that Russia's main war ideologist and the modern Rasputin, Alexander Dugin, said in the beginning of the invasion when Russia controlled the Snake Island that, quote, who controls the Snake Island controls the course of world history, end quote. Russian forces attacked the city of Liman in Donetsk with multiple launch rocket systems, MLRS, killing at least nine people and injuring 12 more, according to Donetsk Oblast Governor Pavlo Karilenko on July 9th. Air Defense was able to intercept five Shahed 136-131 drones overnight on July 7th to 8th. Ukraine's energy minister, Herman Halushchenko, reported on a national newscast that Ukrainian energy facilities had been confirmed hit by Russian attacks 271 times since the large-scale invasion began on February 24, 2022. President Zelensky and his Polish counterpart, President Andrzej Duda, met in Lutsk, a regional capital in northwestern Ukraine, oblast of Volyn, on July 9th visiting the Cathedral Church of Saints Peter and Paul to commemorate the victims of the 1943 Volyn, otherwise known as Volynia, massacre. The Volyn massacre was the result of a long-term armed resistance between Ukraine and Poland. Historians estimate that between 1943 and 1945, 50 to 100,000 people, mostly Poles, died as a result of the massacre and retaliatory actions by the Ukrainian insurgent army, UPA, and the Polish army Akrajowa, AK. Moving on to the temporarily occupied territories. According to the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense Military Media Center, Russia is fortifying its defenses in occupied Crimea to prepare for a potential Ukrainian advance. Reportedly, fortifications have been erected in the northern, western, and eastern parts of the occupied peninsula, as well as the region's isthmuses. Ukraine's National Resistance Center reported that Russia is putting measures in place in occupied Ukrainian regions that will enable it to export stolen agricultural products, such as grain, to China. Russian sources report a temporary closure of the Kerch Strait Bridge in both directions after Russian air defense activity near said bridge. Ivan Fedorov, exiled legitimate mayor of Melitopol, wrote on Telegram that, quote, Melitopol residents report the sound of a powerful explosion in the city's north, end quote, and the Russian base in the village of Zarichne was damaged in a previous incident. Speaking of damaged in a previous incident, let's talk about the Russian Federation. The Freedom of Russia Legion, which loosely fights on the side of Ukraine, or perhaps more accurately, fights against the Putin regime, announced another upcoming raid on Russian territory, with Legion commander Caesar saying in an interview with The Observer that, quote, there will be a further surprise in the next month or so, end quote. Honestly, given the plot twists we've seen over the past few months, I don't know that anything will surprise us anymore. According to the ISW, Russia has failed to achieve any of its planned goals in Ukraine in the 500 days since the full-scale invasion began. Not only were they unable to take Kyiv within three days, Ukrainian resistance repelled multiple Russian offensives and has managed to liberate Sumy and Chernihiv oblasts, 
and the parts of Kharkiv, Mykolaiv, and Kherson oblasts that Russia had temporarily occupied. At this point in the war, per the ISW, Russia has to focus almost entirely on trying to hold the Ukrainian territory they still occupy. That said, however, an opinion poll conducted by the Levada Center, a Russian non-governmental polling and research organization, found that 70% of Russians will support president-slash-dictator Vladimir Putin in the next election, with the largest share of respondents describing their attitude to Putin as, quote, positive-neutral, end quote. Kinda invalidates the whole Putin's war, not Russia's war narrative, huh? As of the time of recording, the status of private military company, PMC, Wagner Group mercenaries and leader Yevgeny Prigozhin is unclear. They're not in the tent compounds in Belarus, though. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. Moving on to European news. Former president of Poland, Lech Walesa, said in an interview with Espresso that, quote, The world has no choice. It must take the side of Ukraine, because it is the side of development. This is what the development of the world requires, so we act in this way. Not with tanks, not with missiles, but by peaceful means, we made our choice and helped Ukraine win. Therefore, we ask the question of the time, when it will happen, and the price we will pay for it. And the victory will come inevitably. Sooner or later, Russia in this state is doomed. The development of the world dictates changes. End quote. Does it? Does it require keeping up with the times, Lech? CEO of Austrian energy company OMV, Alfred Stern, told the Financial Times that his company does not plan to end its long-term supply contract with Russian Gazprom, signed in 2018 and not due to expire until 2040. Now let's talk about news worldwide. Germany is expected to insist on delaying Ukraine's accession to NATO over fears that it could take the alliance to war with Russia, advocating instead for security assurances. An unnamed NATO source told The Telegraph, quote, Berlin is standoffish at the prospect of offering immediate membership. It wants a process and time to develop guarantees to essentially block membership, end quote. 
President Zelensky and Turkish President Recep Erdogan held a joint press briefing during which Erdogan announced that Ukraine deserves to be a NATO member, saying, quote, Ukraine deserves to be a NATO member, and I want to emphasize one point once again in your presence. No one will lose from the coming of a just peace, end quote. A memorial service for victims of the war in Ukraine was held in Istanbul during President Zelensky's visit. He thanked ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew for spiritual support of Ukraine and prayers for peace. Zelensky didn't just bring home memories and well-wishes from Turkey. He also brought back to Ukraine the commanders of the Mariupol garrison who had been in Turkey since September 21, 2022 as a condition of their release from Russian captivity. They were taken into Russian captivity in May 2022 after leaving the territory of the Azovstal plant on the orders of the highest military and political command. The official announcement states, quote, As a result of the negotiations with the Turkish side, Ukraine brought back to their homeland the military defenders of Azovstal steel plant, commander of the Azov Special Operations Unit of the National Guard, hero of Ukraine, Denis Prokopenko, his deputy, Svetoslav Palamar, acting commander of the 36th Marine Brigade, Serhii Volinsky, senior officer of the Azov Unit, Oleg Khomenko, and commander of the 12th Brigade of the National Guard, Denis Shleha. End quote. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov accused Ukraine and Turkey of violating their agreement by allowing the Azovstal defenders to return to Ukraine. Ironically, none of this would have happened if Russia hadn't violated, um, like, basically every agreement they've ever made regarding Ukraine. Reports of meetings between former senior U.S. national security official and Russian foreign minister Sergei Lavrov have caused some concern amongst Ukrainian officials who question, quote, whether Washington's tough position regarding the invitation of Ukraine to NATO is somehow connected with these backroom consultations, end quote. One of the participants in the meeting with Lavrov, outgoing Council of Foreign Relations, President Richard Haas, emphasized the importance of maintaining channels of communication when the stakes are so high and official interactions are effectively non-existent and clarified that the meetings are not negotiations and the participants don't speak for their respective governments during the conversation. Well, what's the point of them? Of the 31 NATO nations, only eight have not yet confirmed their support for Ukraine's entry into the alliance. Those are Albania, the UK, Hungary, Greece, Luxembourg, the US, Croatia, and Turkey. Erdogan made a statement in favor, but has not yet joined the declaration. Russian defense companies that manufacture Zala and Lanza drones are still not sanctioned in the United States or the European Union. Novator Design Bureau, which produces caliber cruise missiles, has also evaded sanctions in the United States, as well as in the United Kingdom. The BBC reported that while false and misleading posts about the war in Ukraine continue to go viral on all major social media platforms, some of the most widely shared examples are on Twitter, posted by subscribers with a blue tick, which prior to Elon Musk's purchase of the platform indicated an account was verified, and now indicates the account pays for their content to be promoted to other users.
And finally, let's talk military tech. Ukrainian Minister of Defense Alexei Reznikov wrote on Twitter, quote, Regarding cluster munitions, we have five key principles which we will abide by and which we have clearly communicated to all of our partners, including the U.S. I personally informed our U.S. partners about these five principles in writing a long time ago, end quote. Ukrainska Pravda reports the five principles include that Ukraine will use the munitions only for liberation of its internationally recognized territories and will not be used on the officially recognized territory of Russia. The armed forces will endeavor not to use the cluster munitions in cities. They will only be used in areas where the Russian military is concentrated in order to break through the Russian defensive lines. Ukraine will keep strict records of the use of cluster munitions and the areas in which they will be used. Those areas will be prioritized for mine clearance after liberation. And Ukraine will report on the use and effectiveness of the cluster munitions to its partners. Reportedly, U.S. President Joe Biden took, quote, a while to be convinced to do it, end quote, but ultimately decided to send the munitions because, quote, the Ukrainians are running out of ammunition, end quote. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Spanish Defense Minister Margarita Robles have come out against the provision of cluster munitions to Ukraine. Explaining the United States' decision, the Pentagon's Deputy Chief of Staff for Political Affairs, Colin Call, said, quote, The worst thing for civilians in Ukraine is for Russia to win the war, so it's important that it doesn't succeed, end quote. A U.S. defense official provided some more details about the cluster munitions being provided to Ukraine, indicating that the munitions were tested in a live-fire environment and found to have a so-called dud rate of 2.35% or lower. The dud rate of a cluster munition refers to how often the bomblets the munition scatters across a large area fail to explode, posing a long-term risk to civilians who may encounter them later similar to landmines. It's part of what has made the weapon so controversial and banned in more than 100 nations, including U.S. and Ukrainian allies. The artillery projectiles the U.S. will send to Ukraine will have a flight range of about 29 kilometers. That means if fired from 7 to 10 kilometers from the current front line, Ukraine would be able to reach 100% of the first line of Russian trenches and fortifications and 78% of the second line. Ukrainian Minister of Defense Alexei Reznikov announced on Twitter on July 9th that Ukraine is conducting tests of a, quote, radio electronic reconnaissance station manufactured in Ukraine. It can detect enemy radars, air defense systems, and aircraft from a long distance, end quote. Germany announced the delivery of another military aid package that includes a Beaver Bridge paver and an additional bridge, a DACHS armored engineer vehicle, six 8x8 HX-8 tractors, and three semi-trailers, as well as a radio jamming and anti-drone equipment. President Zelensky reported that nearly 50,000 Ukrainian military personnel have received state awards since the beginning of the full-scale invasion, including 298 who have been awarded the title of the Hero of Ukraine. And that's the brief for today. 
remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please, consider supporting our work on Patreon, where you will have access to daily written reports with maps and images where applicable about everything that happened in and around Ukraine in the past 24 hours. You'll find the links in the description below. And we'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Pobachemos!